there's a million reasons why you can't and mm -hmm. there's you know eight why you can mm -hmm. and, and whether it's covid or now it's not the time or something there's always some reason why you can't but there's still one reason why you can mm -hmm. and all i do is try to encourage people to focus on the one reason why you can instead of the million reasons why you can't you're listening to the merged marketing podcast with david louch and jason hunt this is a show all about unlocking the marketing tactics and secrets behind everyday brands. Each week, we'll bring you expert commentary so that you can make better choices when it comes to growing your business. Thank you for spending time with us. Now let the show begin. Hello, everyone. Thank you and welcome to the Merge Marketing Podcast. Um, for those of you joining in again, thank you and welcome back. For those of you joining in for the first time, we appreciate it and thank you. Today, Jason and I have a very exciting episode for you. Our guest today is none other than YouTube star Evan Carmichael. Evan is a huge believer in entrepreneurs. At 19, he built and then sold a biotech software company. At 22, he was a venture capitalist help, helping raise $500,000 to $15 million. He now runs the biggest YouTube channel for entrepreneurs with 2 million plus subscribers, wrote four books, and speaks globally. He wants to solve the world's biggest problem, which we'll get into today. He's set two world records, uses a trampoline and a stand-up desk, owns Canada's largest salsa dance studio and has a giant Dorito bag in front of him all day long to remind him that he's stronger than the Doritos. Um, Toronto is his home. He's a husband, father, TSM fan, and Timo Maine. Evan, welcome to the show. Thanks for love, guys. Do you say that conch thing every time? Do you like, like it? I like do it. You, do you dig it? The, the I people, love it. The people, every time. Do people get it? Do people know what that reference is? I'm curious as to how many people have watched Lord of the Flies. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or read the book. Yeah, all right. I, Dave, Dave, is that is that before your time? You know what? That might be before my time. Wow. Jason, you're both a little bit older than I am, so uh, Jay says Jay says old? it every time, and I do not get it. <laughs> How old are you, Evan? Uh, I turned forty in May, uh, May twenty, and and yeah, Lord of the Flies. I read in I don't know high school. I think high school. Piggy and the Conch. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Was, yeah. I was also born in 1980, and I do remember watching it in like junior high in Brampton, like at the time. All right. But yeah, definitely, man. Iconic story, and and I love that term, the conch. So cool. It works. Well, perfect. That's great. I am in uh, in good presence today with uh, two did, two did elders. Mean to de derail your your uh, topic there, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that is quite <laughs> all right. <laughs> but uh, no, we're we're extremely uh, excited to have you today, Evan. Um, we're really looking forward to today's topic. Um, it's a topic that you discuss at length, um, and Jason and I have picked up on uh, when we are watching your content, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, or specifically in your book, Built to Serve. Um, it's an exercise you describe as life changing, um, and that is figuring out what makes you happy. So um, if you want to go into that a little bit, because there's five specific questions that you encourage people to ask themselves to figure out what makes them happy. Uh, I'd love to go over those questions. And more importantly, uh, for our audience, why those questions specifically? So awesome. We're getting, we're getting right into it. I love it. Um, yeah. So I wrote a book called built to serve and, and the idea there is humans are built to serve. If you're not happy, it's cause you're not serving. Uh, some people are built to serve the world. 
you know, um, Jay, Dave and I, and probably a lot of you guys, you want to have a big impact, reach a lot of people. Some people are built to serve just, you know, 25 closest people to them. Uh, don't have a giant mission, but if you're not happy, recognize it is because you're not serving other people. So then it becomes, well, you know, whom do you serve? How do you serve? What does the process look like? And what I encourage people to do is a three-step process that I call who, why, how, who is a starting point, which is where Dave's questions come from, which is figuring out who are you? I think everybody has one important core value that's more uh, important than the other, all the others. We're governed by our values, but when you have clarity over what you stand for as a human being, it allows you to build a more purposeful life. It allows you to stop caring as much what other people and their opinions are of what they want you to do because now you're standing on a rock instead of standing on quicksand, which is what most people are doing. Um, so mine is believe. That's my most important core value, my one word. And that flows through everything that I do from my content to my interviews to my office environment. All of it is about belief. And I, I want people to figure out what it is that they stand for. So um, in the book, I go through some questions. The first one, uh, ask you who is your favorite teacher of all time and why and why I find this important is if you think back you've had hundreds of teachers over the years from you know all the from elementary school high school all the way up university maybe afterwards uh, or even even if you consider you know uh, Jay and Dave to be your teachers now they're like the modern day teacher helping you out who has been your favorite teacher and why so, you know, if Mrs. Jones from, you know, grade 11 chemistry was your favorite teacher, it wasn't because she taught you chemistry. It's because she made you feel a certain way about yourself. She helped you feel X. So what was it? And what I encourage people to do is think about the three, write down three adjectives to describe Mrs. Jones and why you loved her so much. Hmm. And then I, I go through a couple of examples, you know, asking what did you love about your parents and how they raised you? Um, what's your favorite movie of all time and why? And what you'll notice is you'll find the same, some of the same words keep popping up. It's like, what does my favorite teacher have to do with how my parents raised me have to do with my favorite movie of all time? That's the, that's the common element that when you figure it out, you can now build a life more on purpose. Can we dissect this a little bit, Evan? Do you mind if yeah. we just go into it a little bit and, and even yourself? So, I mean, let's just start with, with the teacher and just do a quick kind of like round table here. Who was your favorite teacher growing up? So Madame Farr uh, was my the teacher mentor that they assigned me in my last year of high school. And uh, she taught me to believe in myself. Um, up until then, I was always getting B's and C's in, in my school. Um, I was the worst of my family in terms of schooling. My sisters were getting straight A's. And she met me every week um, in the morning to talk about how I was doing and, and how I could be better. And and not the pressure or push that I need to, you know, meet some expectations, but just that that I could do it, and that um, she had confidence and belief in me. And so, uh, of all the, te I mean, she taught me French mm. that I don't use at all right now. <laughs> right? I mean, in Canada, you learn French growing up, at least Ontario. Um, yeah. But we, I haven't used French. I don't think since. I mean, we don't use it every day uh, in conversation. At least not in my business. So the, the subject she taught me has been of almost zero practical value to my life, but what she taught me as a human led to a massive value for my life. You know what? And, and for me, it's interesting. That was your answer. My answer was a teacher, grade seven, Mr. Barnes, who opened me up to the game of risk. He had mm -hmm. nothing to do with the curriculum, nothing to do with what he taught me, but every single Wednesday at lunch, we would sit around a table and play risk. And it was that that, that it catapulted him to my 
favorite teacher of all time. No reason why, but he's the first one that comes to mind when I answered that question from your book. Did, did you figure out your 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 who, your one word? No, I have not. And uh, mind you, this is as far as I've gotten is the exercise. Okay, so if you, if you just to play along, you know, for the audience, if you had to mm. pick something, don't worry about it being perfect. One core value that is more important than the others for you. I think for me is has always been loyalty. I think is a is a key one. Having a, having a, a trust and loyalty has always been kind of a a big one for me. But uh, again, that might change. That could change. I think. Um, you know, I, and, and again, I've not really dissected these answers here, um, but I think it's something that I'm definitely need to do. And that's fine. Like y even just playing off of that for now. So if, if you go through the exercises, you'll, you'll end up landing on one, but let's say it was loyalty as your most important. Um, you're not going to get to the end of it and realize that you don't care about loyalty. You know, it's part of you, whether it's the highest or at least it's part of you, it's there. Let's assume that it is for you just so that we can, you know, move the conversation along and um, give some examples. Um, knowing that about you drastically changes the people that you bring on, the customers that you want to work with, the teammates that you want to hire, the relationships that you build. Um, chances are Dave is a pretty loyal guy or he wouldn't be here on this show with you. Right. Um, even knowing that that's super important to you, it can change how Dave works with you. Because if he's working on something that maybe you could potentially at some point see as a lack of loyalty, even though it's not, he can he can manage that situation a little bit better mm. and make you happier. Um, so that's why when you figure out um, your your who, your most important core value, a lot of people use it as a leadership book, which I wasn't anticipating because this is more as a, of a personal journey that I want people to go on. But a lot of entrepreneurs have bought the book for their team to figure out what they all stand for. Because when you find that somebody's core value is creativity versus stability, how you manage that person is totally mm. different. Mm. They just value yep. different things. It's really tough to find a CTO. <laughs> That's a really hard job to find. Having somebody <laughs> to manage a group of programmers, it, it requires a certain skill set and a certain type of personality. Right. But this makes it easier. Like if I know that you value creativity and this person values stability. I'm going to, I'm going to come up with different ideas to work on with you. I'm going to approach you in a different way. And it's not, it's not in a fake way. It's just in a way that actually supports and builds them. I think this is the key to leadership is yes, we have to get these projects done, but recognizing that people aren't monkeys, everybody's got their own set of values. And if you can match them where they're at, it makes it a lot easier than expecting everybody to conform to what you value most. I've always said, you know, rather than trying to improve your weaknesses, try to get stronger at the things you're best at, right? Focus on your one thing. And it was a book, uh, the one thing that really changed me and the way I approach things that I want to focus on and the way I approach my everyday activities. And I, I think that's the key. Everyone just tries to be good at everything when really there's other people that are better at those things and you're never going to be as good as they are. So focus on what you're good at and being self-aware of those things that you're really good at. And yeah. And, and that, that alludes to the last question of the five, um, which was, uh, how do you, how do you want to raise your kids? Is it, correct me if I'm wrong there. What is yeah, it? Yeah. 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 And, and, and for me, it's understanding what that one thing is that you're good at and doubling down on your efforts on that one thing. Yeah. So, and this is an exercise, whether you have kids or, you know, future kids in case you're, you know, young and don't have them or, you know, borrowed kids. If you never want to have kids, just that idea that, the next generation, you're going to be giving one message to them. What do you want that message to be? 
if you had to force yourself to get the clarity on what you want that message to, for them to be, chances are that's still the message you need right now for yourself and your life. And so any one of those five questions could help. All five of those questions can help, but the goal is to get that clarity so that you know that if you pick something like loyalty, that, that can totally change how you now build a business and a life going forward, that you could build an entire company based around loyalty, loyalty to your team, loyalty to your customers, loyalty to your investors, loyalty to your partners. And that's why people want, like people will want to work with you because of that. So it helps with your marketing. Um, but also you build a culture that means something and you, you can have a really highly skilled programmer, but if they're not into loyalty, you don't belong here. Like you need to go find somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I mean, the, the, the exercise that we're talking about specifically going through those five questions, I really enjoyed. Uh, some of them were tough, but uh, it was a really great exercise. And I think that for me, uh, you know, I'm not obviously totally 100% defined on what my one word would be, but I would say I'm leaning towards it being curiosity. Um, but I, I, I guess, like, how did you specifically come up with these five questions? Like some of them are pretty interesting. Like, did you have to do research? Like, did you, like, was it, you woke up in the middle of the night one night and you're just yeah. like, no. the, the movie thing, it's gotta be the movie thing. No, like, what, not that smart. <laughs> uh, helping people. Like I think any good nonfiction book comes out of your experience of helping people. If you're trying to give prescriptive advice, I guess, uh, you know, personal development book, if you're telling your story, that's one thing. But if you want to give people a tool set to use to improve their lives, it's because I've done it so many times on shows like this, Yeah, right? Where people come on or, and I'm a guest and then I'm helping them work through it. These are the questions that I found just work the most effectively. So knowing that like if curiosity is yours, as an example, that changes how you approach everything. Like asking Dave to do 800 episodes of the exact same format of your podcast, he's, he's going to get bored of it. He just always has to have something new, something curious. So as a manager, as a partner, or as a friend, you need to be encouraging that and supporting that and reminding him of that. Because whenever he's been unhappiness, this is another great way to look at it. Whenever you've been unhappiest in your life is because it's something that's happened that's incongruent with your who, with your one word. So chances are for Dave, whenever he's been unhappiest is when he felt in a box, just repeating the same life over and over again, not having any opportunities to go off and be curious and he's not going to be happy. And mm -hmm. so what I want to try to do is bring that to the forefront and then allow people to build an entire life and business around it. And now a word from our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Fresh Crowd. Fresh Crowd is a full-service social media agency in Canada that specializes in everything social, from management to community building and advertising. Fresh Crowd can help your business attract a fresh crowd of people. Visit freshcrowd.com to find out more. How did you come up with Believe as yours? Like, what, what, like other than, than, than your French teacher, yeah. what, was it something else that, that drove, you to, drove you to that word based on those, answering those five questions? So my process was a lot longer than what I prescribe in the book because there was no book. There was yeah. no path to follow, right? I'm trying to give, give people the shortcut to say, hey, this took me a long time and others a long time. You can do it a lot faster by answering these questions. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it all started as a marketing thing. I was looking at my website. I was looking at my tagline and I forget what I had at the time, um, you know, over 
300 million people helped in counting or something kind of like what McDonald's did with their, <laughs> with their signs outside. And it just didn't feel right. I don't know. I just felt like it needed to change, but I didn't know what to put. So I started coming up with, with slogans for my website. What's that? What's my company going to be known for? And as I got into it more, I realized, you know what, this isn't just what my company is known for. It should be what I'm known for. And then what I bring to my company. So it became now an exercise. Oh crap. Okay. Well, who's Evan Carmichael now? Now it's not just my business. It's the whole thing. And I started writing down a whole bunch of things and, um, nothing, nothing was jumping off the page for me at the beginning. Um, one of them was believe, but it wasn't like, that's the one. Um, I came back to it the next day and I liked believe I liked, I liked how it sat there on the page the next day, but it felt like it was too big. Like believe is so big, you know, Shamu the sea whale had a show called believe and Justin Bieber had an album called believe and just <laughs> believe seemed too big. And it's funny how we talk ourselves down from the big ideas. It's not even our friends and family and society. It's us telling us that we can't do it. So I tried to add more to it. Believe in yourself, believe in entrepreneurs, believe. I just kept adding and I made this giant list of things. And again, nothing, nothing stuck. Um, so I looked at it the next day and I thought, you know what? I just like believe. Am I going to be this crazy person? Just build an entire life and business around one word. This is crazy. Um, and then I started researching and I found that other people had done it as well. And my first book, your one word is basically that, right? This is, this is three years ago, but it's basically going to different businesses who were 50,000 in revenue up to hundreds of millions in revenue who had all built a business around their one word. And I, it gave me some confidence in that, oh, I'm not alone. Like I'm not the only crazy person who thought, hey, let's build a business around one word of, in my case, belief. Um, so in looking through you know, my, my teacher, Madame Farr, uh, my parents are on the wall behind me and um, this picture I'm, I'm eight or nine years old here. And those are my parents behind me. And they would always tell me that I'm Evan Castrilli Carmichael. I could do anything that I believe that I can. Um, that didn't always like when you're four years old or six years old or 12, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. <laughs> it just mm -hmm. sounds like words, but it was what they constantly instilled. Um, my favorite movie is Seabiscuit. It's about this horse that's too small and a jockey that's too big and an owner that has no money and is broke. And somehow they all find each other and win all these races based off a true story. Um, I've seen the movie over 30 times. And so all of these, if, if I was doing the exercise, believe would come up for all of these things. It's like, oh, that's what I like. And so now it's starting, you know, then building my business and relationships around belief at, at the core. So having that awareness um, allows me to live a happier, more fulfilled life. Who's the person that you look up to? Question number four. Um, so that's a mix between my parents and AP Janini for two different things. So AP Janini is this guy here who started Bank of America. He, um, most people don't know his story. Even Bank of America does, don't know his story. I called, I called their office trying to do a piece on him when they didn't know who he was. I'm like, this is your founder, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. um, my parents taught me how to be a human. Um, didn't teach me anything about entrepreneurship or business really, but, but human humanness and, and self-belief. Um, AP Janini was about believing in, in the little guy, believing in entrepreneurs. So he lent money to immigrants when nobody would lend money to immigrants. 
he lent money to Walt Disney when everybody thought he was crazy to do a full length cartoon. Nobody's going to watch a cartoon that's over an hour long. That's crazy. Mm. Um, he lent money to people based off of a handshake and a look in their eye. If you can imagine a banker giving you money off of a handshake and a look in your eye. Um, so yeah, so I love his story. Um, meant a lot to me and he's basically the believe banker. Yeah. Wow. I've actually, while you're chatting here, uh, Evan, I've actually changed my, my word okay. <laughs> because I, 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 you know, I got that Mr. Barnes who taught me how to risk open my eyes up to, to, you know, strategy and things like that. The movie's Rudy. I love that movie mm. underdog, you know, mm -hmm, and, and mm -hmm. underdog, you know, gets over, it gets over the humps of constantly being cut, makes the team. Mm -hmm. Um, my parents have always supported me in, in whatever I do, which is important, you know, whether whether it's something that I'm just not in my wheelhouse of abilities, mm -hmm. they've always supported me. Mm -hmm. um, Gary V is a, is a big one for me. Whoa, Gary V. I'm dropping Gary V. I oh know my God. I wrote for a year. I, I love Gary Yo, V. I was the, just context here. I was the biggest Gary V fanboy forever, and Jay would bust me for it every day. Okay. A little okay. Look at that. Yeah. Okay. So, what does that all circle down to, Jay? What'd you come uh, up with? Perseverance, man. Mm. Perseverance, right? Super important, I think. And it's, it's being that underdog, but it, not giving up and having the ability to persevere. Yeah. What do you think of that? So, it's just a feeling thing, right? I mean, it's, right. it's, it's honestly not that far from loyalty, like loyalty to the mm -hmm. cause. Mm -hmm. Persevere, keep going. Um, yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing like you sit on it, just like I did. I didn't know the first day. I came back to it. You sit on it the next. It's either going to feel more right or more wrong with time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If perseverance is your thing, that once you get it, it's not going to change. Like You're not going to be 80 years old and then stop caring about perseverance. Mm -hmm. it's always, there's always something new to persevere towards like that's how you should think about it to get out of the trees of what's happening right now sometimes people can pick something like loyalty because um their friend just screwed them over or something and so like they're they can't they can't step outside the situation they're just too locked in here and so like it's this and then once they get through it they realize oh that wasn't actually the thing that i cared the most about um but i've never had somebody change their word uh twice like you change it once and then you're like oh yeah that, that's actually the one for me um, so think of it on, on a longer horizon. Are you still going to care about perseverance? Mm -hmm. Um, and then even like Dave, that's, that's the way you pitch him on the next guy. Like he yeah. hated Gary V, but like, dude, this guy's all about perseverance. You need to listen to it. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Okay. I can handle his, his swearing and, and whatever else like <laughs> over the top that you didn't like about him. Um, yeah. If you ever want, if you ever want to pitch a guest or, you know, help Jay improve Jay, yeah it's through the lens of perseverance yeah all right Amazing. dave dave what do you got what do you got well i'll i'll uh i'll keep that in mind for sure so i know i just got to be conscious of time we're running yeah. out of time here and so i was real. i'm really glad we got to go through that that exercise and dive deep into into those questions and and hey we helped jay maybe figure out his word which is really uh is really awesome but i, I want to just go into the final question here because um you know i really love your mission and that's for people to believe in themselves whether they're an entrepreneur or not it's mm -hmm. it's really powerful and and i can resonate with 
with you being a fellow introvert and just your story is really amazing. Um, I'm curious, you know, right now with uh, with COVID-19 uh, still being a thing and, and us being locked down, I just I want to know what's been on your mind during during this entire experience and how maybe you've shifted to help people get through this unique experience and believe in themselves or continue to believe in themselves. I know that might be a long, long answer, but I, just just your thoughts of of this whole time so far. Um, I mean, I think for me personally, it's mm -hmm. been awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert, so all I get to do is stay home and make content. Yeah, uh, it's been fantastic. My 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 daily subscribers have have tripled to quadrupled on my YouTube channel because I've just been focused on on creating content. Um, I think for people, for 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 my audience, or people who keep DMing me on on Instagram and leaving comments. Um, I think there's always something, man. Like, I think there's always, there's always a reason why you can't, there's a million reasons why you can't. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, eight, why you can, mm -hmm. and, and whether it's COVID or once we get through this, it's going to be your mom or your teacher or the government, or now it's not the time or something. There's always some reason. Mm -hmm. There's always some reason why you can't. And it's true, but there's still one reason why you can. Mm -hmm. And all I do is try to encourage people to focus on the one reason why you can instead of the million reasons why you can't. Amazing. Wow. That's a, that's a sound clip right there in and of itself. Um, that is perfect. And uh, I think that's a great place to wrap up. So uh, Evan, we are extremely grateful for your time today. And uh, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate it guys. Uh, right. Happy curiosity and perseverance. <laughs> Make it happen. And uh, always love seeing Canadians doing their thing and spread the message. And get the book, Built to Serve, right? Where can people find you, Evan? Uh, Evan Carmichael. I mean, if you're trying to get the book, Amazon's probably the easiest spot. If you want the autograph version, you can get it off my website, evancarmichael.com. And then, um, yeah, I'm Evan Carmichael on all the platforms you're probably hanging out on. Cool. Check them out. Thank you, guys. Okay. Cheers. cheers. Thank you. So, Dave, there you go. There it is on the show right on that was great awesome to have evan uh, as a guest today and um and let's let's kick it to you here for a second dave i know you answered those five questions um let's keep it going i want to hear your takeaway from that yeah so uh let's go through them here so we got um who was your favorite teacher growing up so uh i'm torn a little bit on this one i uh i want to say my grade one teacher Mrs. Whitaker, I was I was an extremely bad student, um, not academically so much, but just uh, behavior wise when I was in the younger years. And you're a little class clown. It, I was beyond that, yeah. But that was that was definitely one of the things. Um, and you know, although she was tough on me, she, uh, you know, I hate to throw around this word, but she, I guess, believed in me or saw saw more than just uh, the troublemaker that I was. And we continued to have a pretty good relationship throughout elementary school, which is cool. And then um, kind of going off of what uh, the story that Evan shared with his with his teacher, I would say my grade 10 math teacher, Mrs. Robitaille, and, and, and you know what, I hate math to this day. And I always have I struggled with it, I was never good at it. But 
I would stay after school almost every single day for what, what they called math help with Mrs. Robitaille. And she would spend pretty much at least an hour after school with me when she didn't have to um, helping me through my math problems. So um, again, she believed in me. She really put the extra commitment in and, and I, I was grateful for that. So um, those would be the two and those would be the two reasons. Uh, the next question is favorite movie of all time. I told you before, it's, it's such a dumb one, but for some reason when I was growing up, I loved the movie Jaws so much. So the shark movie, for those of you that don't know, um, number one, I don't know. I watched it over and over and over again. It was maybe one of those things that I just needed on in the background, but I'm a big fan of that movie. Um, I mean, I love all those, those inspirational sports movies, as you mentioned, Rudy, Rudy was one of yours. So, um, yeah, Jaws, I guess. And what about uh, what your parents, uh, the, the question, what was the question, the exact question, number three? Yeah, so the exact question was, what do you love most about how your parents raised you? Right. And this question I loved because, you know, as I'm not a parent, so I, I, I'll just put that out there. So I don't judge, but I, and I can't really speak to parenthood or anything like that. But I see there's some observations that I've made. And some things that I've heard people that are far more uh, qualified to talk about this than me. And it is that kids nowadays, they, do, they don't have the freedom that we had when we, when we were growing up to, to do simple things like, you know, go and play with your friends down at the park or, or just wander around town or, or basically just not be at home where your parents can watch you and have the freedom to basically do whatever you want and explore. Um, you don't have that a whole lot nowadays because you know, people grow up in cities and there's crime or there's cars or um, whatever it might be, all legitimate worries. And I'm sure my parents worried about the same thing, but they gave us a ton of freedom. Uh, growing up in a small town, it was probably easier to say, yeah, you can go downtown or you can go wherever with your friends on your bike and not have to worry because it's such a tiny town. But um, we had that freedom to do whatever we want and explore um, and, and hurt ourselves or make mistakes and learn from it. Whereas I think you have a, a lot of parents nowadays that are the quote unquote helicopter parents and are trying to control absolutely everything that their their kid does or doesn't do. And, and, and I just, I feel like um, I am so thankful that my parents weren't like that. I grew up so much faster as a result. I was so much more responsible as a result. Um, and I, and, and that kind of bleeds into the final question where that's, that's one thing I would want my kids to, to experience or, or know. Is it kind of, it breeds independence. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so, and, and your number four inspiration was who? Um, Man, I, uh, this is, this is so I can answer all of the other ones, but this is the one that I struggled with the absolute most. Um, it's, it's a difficult one for me to say. I, uh, I look up to so many, um, influencers nowadays, uh, Gary Vee, obviously being one of them, um, and so many others, uh, as well as, as, as my dad is a big role model of mine, but, um, yeah, it's a difficult one for me to choose. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting because you came to the one word and your one word is curiosity. And it's, it, it, I guess it would be kind of in line. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't understand how Jaws falls. I'm very <laughs> curious about how, how what happens when you get eaten by a shark. Like, what is the curiosity? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's curious, I guess, what's out there in the ocean. Yeah. And, and it's the unknown, the fear of the unknown. I don't know. But but I guess they do all kind of lead in one way or another um, to that core word, which is curiosity. And I know that's very important, you know, for you to, like Evan said, to not be in a box. He's spot on with that, right? You don't want to yeah. be in a box. You need to constantly explore and learn new things and, and and personal growth yeah um so that's uh curiosity is is i think is a good one is that the one you're gonna brand or what is that gonna be the new one for you i've been thinking a lot about it and and it's it's one of those things where it's you're kind of afraid to commit like a little afraid of commitment maybe i don't want to commit to like curiosity but it feels good i like the word i i think i've always been curious and i always want to be curious um of new things and and uh and i think that's I thought that's what he was going to get at was um, figuring out what makes you happy. Figuring out your purpose is ultimately what makes you happy. He talks a lot about that in his book is purpose. And if you don't know what your purpose is, and a lot of people don't, and I struggle with it as well, then you're not going to know what makes you happy. But I think that that purpose starts with curiosity you need to try things you need to experience things to figure out what your purpose is and ultimately what makes you happy and then lean into that so yeah maybe maybe i'll maybe i'll brand that one awesome great episode with uh, evan carmichael today um you know where to go to find evan um he's the author of built to serve um check out the book go and pick it up and uh go check him out on instagram he's got quite the following on instagram um and he's got quite the presence on instagram um and he's also pretty active on youtube as well yeah yeah perfect and uh, of course you know we'd love to hear from you as well so please uh give us a rate subscribe to the podcast let us know what you thought of this episode and we look forward to chatting with you next week see you later